Welcome to the Misha Rouser Show. I'm Misha, an organizational psychologist, and I'll be taking you down a path towards achieving professional success while still having fun. For over a decade, I have been guiding individuals and organizations through professional transitions. The goal is to help you, your business, or organization create a successful, engaging atmosphere without sacrificing a positive culture. So, let's get started. everybody and welcome to the Misha Rouser Show. We are live here in Seattle on KKNW 1150 and oh my gosh, Benny, this is probably one of the most beautiful days I have seen. Digging today for sure. Yes. So where we're located, we have, we're sitting up on a, a hill in Bellevue and when it's clear out, we look out over Seattle in the Olympic Mountains and today there's no fog, there's no clouds and it's gorgeous. Occasionally a bird flies by. <laughs> Oh. oh, there it is right there. Just kidding. <laughs> An eagle, a bald eagle, Vinny. Hawk, perhaps. Hawk, baby. Maybe a okay. seahawk. A seahawk. what I was going with. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, everybody, welcome to the show. And again, this show is all about leadership and professional development, everything you need to know to be more confident and competent in your professional life, including communication skills, personal productivity, um, conflict resolution, emotional intelligence, and so forth. And today we are going to have a guest on that has written a book on millennials. So we get to jump into some millennial conversation here. But before we go into that, let me give you a few more logistics. So again, if anybody would love to call in today and has any questions for myself or for our guest today, that phone number, Benny, would be? Yeah, 425-373-5527. Again, 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Conveniently spells out KKNW. Again, 888-298-5569. Awesome. Thank you, Benny. Okay, and so a couple other things to keep in mind is remember all of these shows are recorded and are turned into a podcast that you can download on iTunes or Stitchers. You can also get information about past shows and get transcripts on my website, which is MishaRouser.com, and that's spelled M-E-I-S-H-A-R-O-U-S-E-R.com. And also, if you have any questions or would like to get some advice or some tips, you can also reach out to me on my website as well. So again, use that as a resource for you. Okay, because things go by so quickly, I want to jump in here and thank Lee. Um, I want to make sure I'm saying your last name right. Kahara. 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 Thank you, Penny. That's what producers do. <laughs> Did we do Okay. And, you know, it's just, you can just call me Lee. Call me Lee. <laughs> <laughs> that would be much my easier. My maiden name is McEnany. It's even worse. So, you know, I just go by Lee. <laughs> Imagine the hyphenation on that one. I know. That's God. the tongue twister right there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Excellent. And thank you, Lee. And so real quick, Lee is the CEO of a thriving agency that works with great people doing great things and great work for good companies. Um, she's acclaimed a communication special or strategist, and Lee is the author and speaker and trainer and doer. And she has written the book "Managing Millennials: The Essential Guide to Making It Work at Work." And she's here to share what she has learned the hard way to help reduce the drama in the workplace. So, again, welcome, Lee. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. What a great time! 
Yeah, and so I'm curious. It was, it was really entertaining reading your book because yeah, you, you. when well, you come from the place of, oh my gosh, I've had to make this work, and the, you yeah. know, and the stories. And so I'm curious, what then inspired you to write the book? Yeah, well, I, you know, like you said, I come at it from my own experience of epically failing. I mean, <laughs> epically failing at, um, I was great at recruiting them. I was terrible at retaining them in my company. And, um, you know, in one, like, three-week period, I lost six millennials. I'm like, I never had 100% failure in my whole life in recruiting. Oh, my goodness. So, um, I actually, you know, writing a book was not um, in my mind at the time. I, I was just totally focused on how do I make this work? How do I figure this out? And when I started, I'm a researcher. I like to read. I'm, like, I'm a voracious reader. So I just started reading. I didn't know what a millennial was. So I just started typing in, you know intergenerational conflict or something like that <laughs> and this word millennial started popping up and, and everything was so negative I was like so terrible and I I'm not a neg I just can't wake up every day thinking bad thoughts about people around me and uh, so I just basically threw it out and I start from the beginning and I started interviewing younger people and um, came up with a way of working in my own company that has worked right we we keep people under 30, an average of four and a half years, which is three times the average in San Francisco and New York. So it worked for us. And um, then all of a sudden, my in my consulting work, people started asking me about that. And then someone said, you just need to write a book. And I was like, what book? What are you talking about? This book about working with millennials. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and um, a publisher, my publisher, um, I was having a meeting with my publisher about something entirely different, and she just said, I will publish that book. And I said, what are you talking about? And um, and that's how it came up. Wow. You know, and I love how you were saying to, well, first, part of my wow was, and I, I got to ask you this question later, sure. so hold off on it, but it's like, wow, you are keeping, you know, millennials, those under 30 for four years, which is incredible. Um, so yeah. I want to come back to that one. But sure. also the wow of, I, and that's one of the reasons I really liked your book and resonated with it, because you didn't go with the negative side. You went more, you, you look at it more from the idea of, wow, we have great assets from the different generations, oh. and people have so mm -hmm. much to bring in there. How do we then create an environment where everybody can thrive? Yeah. Well, you know, I've had my own company. That's my 14th year in this company. And before that, I had, I mean, I managed large groups and large companies. And um, it just doesn't have to be that dramatic, you know. <laughs> I just my my point of view is it doesn't have to be that dramatic. We can have a good time and we can celebrate our differences. Um, and not every different. So some differences are easy to see, right? Um, and often we talk about diversity and things you can easily see. Age, um, you know, I'm in Silicon Valley. Ageism often goes the other way, you know, for particularly for older men. But this absolute negativity towards the younger generation who, by definition, are, are well, I'm a boomer, so I'm the last year of boomer, and I have kids who are millennials. But basically with their parents, or their parents' age, they could be our kids. Why are we so negative? We, you know, um, I just don't have time for it. Life is way too short. I love it. That's so great. Okay, so now that I'm just going to dive in because the show does sure. go so quick, and I have all these great questions or great <laughs> I, ha I think are the great questions that I want to ask you. But so how in the world are you keeping them for that long? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the first thing is um, we focus, so my, it's an agency, we work for other companies, right? 
Um, and my company is independent, so we get to decide who we're working for. And so we very much focus on finding clients who are interesting for the people who work for us. Because if you are interested in the work, you do do a better job, number one. Number two, um, so one is that alignment on on what we do every day. So when you said, you know, good companies doing great things, I mean, we really mean it. We are, you know, the no A rule is high in pride in in our company. So one is that. Two is um, we are very focused on individual development, individual career development within our context. So, you know, day one of someone joining our company, we are already talking about the future. And what could that future look like? And what do you want to do? And most people don't know. But we um, talk about how you want to, you know, what would be a goal? All right, well, then let's figure out how, how should you get to that goal? And what do you need to do to achieve that goal within the context of our work, right? Because we can't, you know, if you want to be um, a trapeze artist, well, that's not going to happen within the context of our work. But you could be a trapeze artist, you know, at other times during the day if you get your work done on time kind of stuff, right? So we really work on the individual and then try to have the individual understand their role. There is no insignificant role, no matter what level you're at at the company, because I don't pay anybody whose work doesn't have to get done. I would rather just keep that money myself, speaking very selfishly, right? <laughs> understanding the role, understanding your responsibility to the team. Everyone has a responsibility to the team. And I think that's something that a lot of um, other companies, we, we forgot, we forgot before. Like, you know, just because you're entry level doesn't mean you're not responsible to the team and, and critical to the team. And then um, third is, you know, what is the whole, what is your whole life? I mean, what's the whole person that you want to be? And how can we support that whole person? Um, so those three or four things, whatever those were, sort of mesh together with, um, and the only way we can do that, right, that sounds like very um, employee-centric, which it is, but the only way you can do that is if you are delivering excellent work that your clients will pay for, right? So it is definitely an ecosystem um, that supports each other because when you pull one plug out, right, you pull out, I don't, you know, I, the, the people don't understand that their role is and then they get, a, you know, they're not interested in the work and so they quit. Well, then you can't deliver as good work. So it's definitely an ecosystem. It's very messy, but it's an ecosystem that seems to work. Yeah, so then I'm thinking it sounds like you're very flexible then with how they do their work. <laughs> very flexible in um, yeah, and the how, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the thing. What I like to say is, you know, often, and millennials get dinged on this all the time because they come into an office and they, they see things immediately that could be better, right? And they're not wrong, right? But they just may say it at the wrong time, right? So. I say to everyone who joins the company, it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, do it our way first and then improve it, please. Mm -hmm. Your job is to improve our way, but please do it our way first so that you understand the interdependencies. So people have a lot of flexibility in how they do work once they understand all the dependencies. Um, people can work from home. Like I believe in companies that see each other, people who see each other. So you can't work at home 24-7 or, I mean, you know, five days a week. Um, you can't work at home exclusively, um, but you can work at home often. Uh, you can, um, it, it, but it's really about over-communicating to your team. We're a heavy CC culture, so no one's an island, including myself. No one wants me to do anything but myself, frankly, because <laughs> I always prom over-promise. like, sure, we could do that. And they're like, wait, hey, what are you thinking? Anyway, no one goes by themselves. Number two is you over-communicate where you're going to be. 
so that people know not to count on you when you're not count onable. So if um, kids have, you know, you're going to go to a kid's uh, basketball game or you're going to go take care of your mother who just broke her hip or if you're going to a yoga, whatever you're going to do, as long as you um, do your work so that it doesn't, your schedule doesn't impact the team's ability to deliver, it's all good. It takes a lot of work, though. It is not easy. Yeah, and in a sense, then, it sounds like a lot of these techniques or this way of thinking really mm-hmm. would be appealing to all the different generations. Yeah. Well, my opinion is that if you have a, a company, an organization, a team, where millennials can thrive, then Gen X and boomers and traditionals thrive as well. But the reverse is not necessarily true. Um, the re- you know, If you do a company, a team that's really focused on Gen Xers, Millennials really don't have a lot of, uh, many don't have a lot of uh, resonance with that because in general, and these are all generalities, of course, but in general, Gen Xers are much more independent than millennials. Um, a lot more latchkey kids, a lot more single children in the, Gen X, uh, in the Gen X generation. Millennials are almost two times the size in terms of the number of millennials in this country versus Gen Xers. So, but if you create a team where millennials can thrive, everybody thrives. Yeah, that's so great. So focus on that. And everyone benefits. That's awesome. Okay, so we are going to take a quick break here. Again, you're listening to the Misha Rouser Show, and we will be right back. So effective leadership isn't something that just happens. It takes time. And effort. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur, has developed a concentrated series of courses to help you become your best as a leader and professional. Explore your leadership style, become a communications master, and learn to plan strategically in order to make better decisions. You'll learn emotional intelligence, team building, change management, and other skills for personal success, such as conflict resolution. There's a great leader inside you to be unlocked. Make the commitment to become a well-rounded, intelligent leader. Show the world around you that you are ready to lead. Log on to MishaRouser.com. That's MishaRouser.com to learn more. It's the Leadership Development Series. Your first step toward professional excellence begins at MishaRouser.com. Hello, my name is Marie Manucheri. I'm an energy intuitive author and host of Where Energy and Medicine Meet. During the show, I answer callers' questions, intuitively, of course, and provide invaluable guidance. I also interview others who I believe are on the leading edge of thought. Tune in on Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 1150 a.m. in Seattle or live wherever you are at energyintuitive.com. Dynamic careers in organizations require dynamic thinking. Success is measured in terms of positive, productive, meaningful workplaces. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur, has helped thousands become more confident in their leadership and professional abilities. Misha's years of research and private practice have given her the tools to help you or your organization improve performance. Log on now to learn more about coaching, consulting, or training with Misha Rouser at MishaRouser.com. That's M-E-I-S-H-A-R-O-U-S-E-R.com. 1150KKNW.com. 
It's why they invented the Internet. We think. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to the Misha Rouser Show. Again, this show is all about leadership and professional development. And today today we have, let me see if I can get it right, Lee Carraher. There you go. <laughs> all right. Okay, so Lee is, is sharing with us, um, she has written a book that is called Managing Millennials. And so, Lee, okay, one of my other questions, too, is, it, in, you know, there's so much of this been there, done that attitude and so the, the critic in me is thinking, well, but, you know, you, you have the way it sounds like your business is or the company is, is there's a lot of change because you, you're, you have a lot of different clients that come in. So that mm-hmm. it allows for more flexibility and creativity and so forth. So what about those, those companies that it's more stagnant, the same thing day in, day out? How can they keep millennials engaged? Yeah. I think that the um, a few things on that. One is a lot of millennials come into the workplace, particularly if they're re- relatively recent graduates. You know, they're just much more technically adept. Sometimes you have to train people backwards on technology. Mm. Um, we have had to do this with some people. You know, they have never used Outlook before, or they've never printed a document because everything was in the cloud. And you have to, you know, train people backwards to actually fit into whatever is your what you what you call a more staid environment. At the same time, I think the the one the first thing people millennials ask for is a mentor. And um, the more you can provide mentorship you know opportunities within your company, the better. And if you can um, put them into a new context, not just you know um, sage wisdom down, but sage wisdom up, um, this creates a lot of um, goodwill because you know your younger employees have a lot to offer they have a ton to offer about how to work more streamlined how to be how to use all the apps what doesn't need to be done anymore um, I constantly am amazed by you know my younger colleagues in the company who you know who show me like how I can streamline five minutes out of my hour just by short shortcuts right so if you can create a mentorship um, opportunity that allows people to learn from both of each other, that is awesome. Um, and one easy way to do that, um, to start that, is to um, exchange reading lists. So we all wake up every morning and we have you know things that we go read to, to get ourselves up to date. So if I exchange my reading list with a 25-year-old, um, I can guarantee you that that list is very different than mine, and I'm going to have a whole different outlook. That's a great idea. I love that. Okay, so now... It's really uh, interesting when you do that. It's just eye-opening. I bet oh, no, I didn't know. <laughs> okay, so now I'm thinking, okay, now let's flip things around. Because we've been talking about, all right, if you're an older, you know, a Gen X or a baby boomer, mm-hmm. how do you deal with the millennials? Let's flip it around now. Yeah. What do millennials need to know to be able to deal with us? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that, um, you know... Millennials, the first thing millennials need to know is that, you know, your coworkers aren't your parents, right? So the relationship, and, and, and more millennials say that their parents are their best friends than any other generation in American history. So whatever the relationship is you have with your parents, positive or negative, that is not the relationship um, that you should seek with your older colleagues, uh, even if they are fatherly or motherly figures, right? The other piece is, you know, most people... They want to get better. Most people want to be current. Most people want to, you know, be relevant. And you have so much to offer them 
but how do you offer it in a way that um, that person can hear? So what does respectful mean to a boomer or a Gen Xer? It's very different. You know, it's a, it, you know using a more formal email um, language instead of like, hey, Joe, Joe, comma, hi, you know? Being a little more formal in your communication style will um, invite older people into your conversation versus sort of, oh, my gosh, why is he using slang with me? Mm. It's not slang. It just is, it feels like slang to them. You know, so, uh, you know, listening to the people around you, how do they talk to each other, adopting their speech patterns, and then, you know, a couple months into it, you can start to make fun of them with them, not against them, you know. Uh, but finding those common grounds and where you can be helpful is really good. Yeah, and, and that's making me think, too, about the argument that, you know, there's some people out there, and I think there's, there's some validity to this, that we, again, the older generation and in general, we tend to think that the, the newer generations coming in, they have so much to learn and da-da-da, and they're just, you know, mm-hmm. entitled, blah, blah, blah. Well, we were, too, in a sense. Absolutely. And like, so, oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> Well, you know, I have a medieval history major. That's <laughs> what I majored in in college. Is medieval <laughs> That's history. Awesome. It's eight hundred years of intergenerational conflict. Right, the whole Old Testament of the Bible is you know three thousand, five thousand years of intergenerational conflict. This is not new. It just feels different for us, and it feels different for us for many reasons. One is this is the first time in American history we've had four generations at work at the same time. So millennials, Gen Xers. Um, boomers and traditionalists, so people who are over 68, more and more people think they're going to work past 75 than ever have before. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, the the expectations that Gen Xers and boomers had of the economy and of their own um, ability to earn is um, has been uh, decimated by 2008 Great Recession. And then for Gen Xers, they really have lived through two or three, depending on where they live in the country. And in Seattle, this is definitely the dot-com boom and bust, you know, that happened right as Gen Xers were hitting their stride in their early careers. And then they've recovered, they recovered, and then boom, 2008 happens, right, when they're a little over, you know, in their early to mid-30s, and boom, right as their, you know, right as their job opportunity and their maximum earning potential just starting, the economy kills them. So, you know, millennials have to remember, as much as they may be disappointed with the fact that it's been hard to find a job, Boomers and Gen Xers are um, sort of bitter, right? They're a little bitter, and they just have to get over it. I mean, boom, I mean, I say all the time to bitter boomers because I am, like I said, I'm the last year boomer. You guys get got over it. I mean, you can either beat your head against the wall, or you can find a new way. Find a new way. I mean, beating it it hurts, right? Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So then now. I'm sure I know you've done a number of these things and we have a couple more minutes. So I'd be curious to see what do you think is probably when the biggest nugget of advice you have when managing millennials? Yeah. The biggest nugget I have is to tell people why. So explain two, two nuggets. One is explain what you're doing and why you're doing it. What does this project work? Why is this what we do in this project? How does it tie to the company mission and vision? How is it going to deliver results to the company? explain why the project matters, and then explain why my role in the team that's doing this project matters. And the second piece is ask for people's input. Ask for people's input at the beginning of a project. Um, You may not be able to take their input. They may not have input, but the fact that you've actually asked for their input, particularly for millennials who have been giving input to uh, companies since they were six years old, often for money, you know, they're used to imperfection, 
ask for input and listen. If you may not be able to implement the input you've heard, but you, you know, high, high input, low democracy is what I say. Um, and people want to be heard. So if you tell them why you're doing something and you give the opportunity for input, one, I bet you're going to find a really good idea in there. And two, everyone's going to be much more engaged. Nice. And so but real quick, so how, what do you do, though, when you're asking for input? You know, you're, let's say, a boomer mm-hmm. and you're managing a millennial and they aren't giving you any input and they're not yeah. asking <laughs> questions and you're just like, uh, you know, because they're so used to having everything spelled out exactly what right. they need to be doing. How do you deal with yeah. that? So um, so we often, you see that often with um, different personality types too, right? Ex- extroverts may just show something up and then introverts need some time to think about it. So um, one, sort of under- you want to understand who's in your team. So what do you have in terms of strengths? Who do you have? And, and Strength Finders is a great book to use with yep. your team. Um, if you have, uh, who do you have on your team in terms of Myers-Briggs or DISC personalities or Enneagram? Use one of those things with your team so you can all share your different types with each other. So it's, you know, because we're all a little different. Two is, so that's number one. Number two is if they don't give you um, immediate ask questions or they don't give you immediate feedback, go back a week later. You know, it's been a week. We've been working on this week. What do you guys think? Anything, anything sticking out to you? How can we make it better? How can we make it shorter? How can we make it streamlined? Is there anything we should be doing differently? But, but you know, and being open to, you know, the other piece of that is actually waiting to hear, right? And if you don't want to say, send me an email. We'll talk about it next week. Find w- other ways for people to input. But the point is to ask and to mean it because you get to the end and there's someone complains at the end, that's just crap. Right. If you have given opportunity, you no one gets to complain at the end. Yeah. I mean, this is part of being an adult, right? That's great. Love it. Oh God. Okay, Lee, this was fabulous. Lots of good wisdom here in such a short time. Real quickly, so what's on the agenda for you? What do you have coming up? Are you talking, speaking, another book? Yeah. What's going on? I'm doing a lot of. Um, I do many speeches and workshops around the country, actually, on this topic. My next book, I just, before I got on the phone with you, I just passed it back in. Uh, my next book comes out next April. It's called The Boomerang Principle, and it's about how to um, create companies where people come back to you over time, either as employees or contractors or advocates. Oh, that's Next great. April. And so how do people contact you? Do you have a website? What do you have? Yeah. So the book is Millennials in Management, the Essential Guide to Working, Making It Work at Work. You can get that on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. My website is www.leecarraher.com, L-E-E-C-A-R-A-H-E-R.com. And on Twitter, I'm at Lee Carraher. I am really easy to find. That is so great. Oh, that's awesome. So thank you so much for the work you're doing and for sharing all of this. And thank you so much for being my guest today, Lee. I really appreciate it. Misha, it's been so much fun talking to you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Misha Rouser Show. Again, I'm here coaching you towards success. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Misha Rouser Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Join Misha every week, Tuesdays, 930 to 10 a.m., as she takes you down a path toward achieving professional success while still having fun. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your colleagues. Misha helps people and organizations be successful, all while staying on a positive path. Tune in next week for the Misha Rouser Show.